0: Welcome to Technotopia, a podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today we have Hasib Awan, the founder of Ifani and a Bitcoin entrepreneur. This is Technotopia. Welcome to Technotopia. I'm John Biggs. And today we have Hasib Awan. He's the founder of Ifani.com. Uh, it 's a fascinating currency exchange and fX system that he 's going to talk to us about uh, i see i' i 've known you for a few years now you're you you have been in the Bitcoin space for a little while and now you 're doing something completely different so what I want to hear from you is how uh, we 're all going to survive in a global economy that is credit based as opposed to uh, as opposed to um, currency based yeah
1: so yeah, thanks for thanks for the kind intro, John. Mm-hmm. So yeah, certainly we are we are in a world where it's globalization happening all across the world. Um, if you if you work about if you look at the companies who have grown fast in the last like five ten years, they're all communication based. Internet changed the world. Then we had Facebook; it become a billion dollar company, multi billion dollar company because they were connecting people. We have cell phone companies, iPhone. And, uh, you know, our iPhone and Samsung, we are changing the world because they are communicating people. So similarly, any companies who are working on communicating the people, bringing the people together will be successful in the future. Look at Tesla. You mm-hmm. know, they are basically trying to communicate with everyone. Like that's what their pitch is, right? Like they are making transportation better. Uh, I think the future generation, but right now, even as in 2016 transferring money is still a challenge. It's Uh not easy to transfer money across the world, and that was Bitcoin promise. Uh, It hasn't lived up to its promise so far, but I think in the future, if you look at 5, 10, 15 years horizon, we will be able to transfer money and we will be able to do business as you can buy from local grocery store. It's not there yet, because we have currency fluctuations, we have FX charges, but I think if someone can focus on a long term and how to make sure the international trade happen as seamless as you're buying from locally in the store, that's where the opportunity lies.
0: Okay, so the so I guess the, the mission of, of Bitcoin and a few of these other things was originally supposed to be um, was originally supposed to be seamless transactions. You said that yourself. What is holding us back? I guess is the question
1: so certainly so i think regulation was the number one hurdle for a lot of companies like you know if i'll give you an example if you, you are in new york right so if you have to get a operator of money transfer mm-hmm. company in new york it's impossible to get a license it's literally impossible mm-hmm. right and once you get a money transfer license it's impossible to get a bank account right by impossible i I'm mean like you'll be very very super lucky if you get a license mm-hmm. they came up the bit license thing but Regulations basically hurt you and in case of Airbnb and Uber where you're able to even uh, take risk by just paying a fine, but in money transmission, if you're taking a risk, you end up in a jail,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So people don't want to go across that path. So regulation was the number one hurdle that basically held the Bitcoin back uh, because uh, they basically will kill you in the process. Startups don't have a lot of time and now we, it's been like four or five years where everyone is fighting for, okay... Uh, are we legal, are we illegal, and big banks or big corporations don't want to deal with any Bitcoin companies. So that's like basically the biggest challenge, Bitcoin. And so it's very difficult to buy and sell Bitcoin, right, even as of today. Mm-hmm. And with that, the cost of buying and selling goes up, because, and it doesn't translate into savings. So right now, if you have to buy Bitcoin, you have to pay a premium on, on buying and selling Bitcoin. Uh, so then people think, "Okay, why I should use a Bitcoin while I can use my credit card? <laughs> C- certainly, I can make a lot of reasons for you know why you should go with Bitcoin and why not with go with alternative currency. But the matter of fact is that um you know it 's not a big pain point for domestic transfers uh-huh. uh, We always talk about like credit card, it will replace credit card fees while people fail to realize that credit card. Well, it's not just like a payment instrument, also a debt instrument whenever i'm paying by my credit card i'm not using my own money i'm using a money that I have to pay in the future and uh i'm I'm happy to spend more money on my credit card that's just the human psyche mm-hmm.
2: uh
1: so even if I reduce the cost of credit card, who's going to lend me the money? We have to operate on a credit based society okay um now i hope I wish you this change. But I don't see this changing in the <laughs> okay. near future.
0: Well, remember, this is supposed to be a, about a better future. So so what yeah. is it going to take to change? What's it going to take to to make a guy like you be uh, be bullish again?
1: Well, I'm certainly very, very bullish. I'm just saying that, you know, I'm bullish on the on the problem, right? I'm bullish that we have to solve this problem. I might not be bullish on the, the way that we are trying to solve the problem. I'll give you an example of unbanked society, right? Uh, in a world of like 7.3 billion people, only one billion people have a bank account, mm-hmm. right? But and we quote this number, quote unquote, again that you know 6.3 billion people don't have a bank account. But the problem is, do they even need a bank prop, bank account at all? They're poor. So I am from Pakistan. I went to talk to speak spoke to people and I said, you know, why do you have a bank account? He said, I don't have money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, what? Why do I need a bank account for, right? if I don't have money in my account. So are we solving the problem of poverty or are we solving the problem of storing the cash? If you're trying to solve the problem of storing the cash, we have to help them generate the cash. And in order to help them generate the cash, we have to connect the global economies. Uh, we have to make international trade as feasible as possible. Like, right now, it you should be perfectly alright. It, it should be perfectly easy to purchase a tea bag from Kenya directly. It is, there's a lot of e-commerce companies who are offering that, but I think there's Still, a lot of middlemen, and the more companies should start focusing on international trade and international uh, businesses. That's where the economy will basically thrive okay. for those people.
0: So, international is the way to go.
1: Perfectly, like international is the way to go. Like, uh, like right now, like we uh, in Bitcoin, what I experienced was that you know we are people are flying from all across the world, and they're all thinking about business. So the customer in China is basically looking to uh, the the vendor in China is looking for customers in the u s and u s vendor is looking for customers in india India vendor is looking for customers in in u s it's all across the world. We are basically operating in a global economy mm-hmm. where everyone is needing for every because right now, if you need a better solution you will hire someone in any part of the world irrespective of uh location because cost still people still go to china India for costing, but sometimes it's expertise too
0: okay. So it's interesting. So, it's, so I guess what you're saying is that in, in this case, the U.S. is basically way behind the rest of the world in terms of, in terms of allowing alternative ways of um, understanding finance and money transfer, right?
1: Certainly. Actually, all the Western society, all the G7 countries have the same approach. Uh, I think Canada is a bit better. Mm-hmm. in terms of regulation because we have one federal license rather than having to go for state by state. But if you look in U.S., it's horrible to get a license. I was speaking to a friend who said it it costs half a million dollars just to maintain license mm-hmm. in all the states in the U.S. Half a million dollars. You don't do any transition, but just the cost to maintain a license, not to obtain, just to maintain for per year, mm-hmm. right? With those, like, you know, a lot not a lot of companies can survive, right? Because... Margin in a, any kind of real in a, any kind of fintech business or any financial business are uh, rather thin there's not a lot of margins, so that's why you know u s is basically certainly lagging behind they're, they're creating a situation where it will be monopolized by a few banks-
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I predict that in this year or next two three years a lot of consolidation will happen in financial sector a lot of consolidation i I personally believe that at least thirty percent of the banks our financial institute will be wiped off in the next two to three years.
0: The a lot, which the uh, say say that say that one more time. You how much how much of the uh, how much of the the, the banks or which?
1: Thirty percent of the banks and financial institutes will be wiped. Will be wiped off. <laughs> <I'll either laughs> I thought
0: that's what you said. I wanted to confirm. All right. So so. In in terms of how do humans how how do how do um, how does innovation survive in that sort of environment especially you've, you've you've seen it up close and i understand that i understand that we're all we're all in, to some to some extent we're actually talking from from the outside of this whole industry but how does a how does a startup survive in that sort of thing
1: in financial technology, the thing is, so uh, number one, I'm not, I'm, I just, if you look at the numbers of JP Morgan, Chase Bank, and all the things, and if you look at their financial statement, they're dropping, their profits are dropping mm-hmm. drastically. They're losing 5 to 6% month over month. Even alternative lending, which is the most profitable sector for them, they are losing around 20 to 30% business over the last next 5 to 6 years, mm-hmm. right? So now looking at how the startups could survive, I think it's just better building a better. Solution, uh, like look at Stripe example, they came up with a simple solution.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Solution has to be simple, and a lot of startups will basically focus on a very small niche, which means that there might be a startup for unbanked person in Philadelphia who is earning less than a thousand dollar per month, or it could be a money transfer app for school kids, right? Who mm-hmm. are not getting so so a lot of startups or a lot of companies will be very very specific. In the past, we had much general company like you go to Chase or JP Morgan, uh, Morgan or other banks for all of your needs. You need a bank account you go to them. You need anything you go to them. Mm-hmm. them. But in the future it will be like separate silos where every company will be operating by its own and they serve a very specific need. Mm-hmm. So if you don't need other product you will be dealing with other systems. So this will make banks and other financial institutes very very efficient because they are solving one problem for a specific person in the most efficient manner. Okay, interesting.
0: All right. So, what else is uh, what else can can we expect from the from the future? Maybe not even just finance. Uh, just in the stuff that you've been looking at uh, specifically in your in your work. What else can we expect in terms of uh, a so, better world? I guess right.
1: Uh, so, I think efficiency will basically be so. So, here's one problem that I think will the world will face in the future in the next ten to fifteen years. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of middle class will be wiped off or will be in a lot of trouble mm-hmm. because robots and artificial intelligence will replace a lot machine learning. Basically, all of these will replace a lot of tasks that a person can do on a day-to-day basis, which means that we might not have a lot of middle class jobs, like a person who just go to the office and does do operation work. A lot of operation work will be automated. Mm-hmm. So we will, have two, we will have a lot of uh, inequality between incomes there'll be an expert who is doing whatever is unique and no one else can perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'll be he'll be going to more top because it will be very hard and hard to find those people. But all other people will basically go to the bottom of the ecosystem. Okay. Where they're just living and they're just doing like odd jobs. Like, you know, they are just tagging something. Like, yeah, I'll give so you an example. Like, yeah, okay. So, so basically, machine will do everything and their job will be just to make sure machine is doing everything, right? And <laughs> Right, or like I'll give you an example, like they might be sitting in a in a factory where one person is managing the entire factory right so, and like he will be a very super good he just will just be manual labor. there will be two classes, one would be like an expert person who will, who has to go with a different challenge every time he get into the field, mm-hmm. and other people who are on the bottom of the of the ecosystem or for the economy who just whose job is just to make sure they're tagging just properly if the machine says purple, it's actually purple
0: okay. All <laughs> right. So so I think so I feel I feel like we have to uh I think we have to go back we have to pull back a little bit and we have to say to ourselves, I feel like I feel like you, Hasiba are in a are more worried about things. Um what is what's making you less worried? What are you what are you not concerned about? Uh, oh no no no. Things? I'm
1: actually no, I'm not actually I think this would be a much efficient world, right? Much more and efficient think- world, okay. I think economy will go up because the cost of everything will go down too. Like, I'll give you example of, um of like, you know, driverless car. I'm sure. very fascinated by driverless car. Absolutely fascinated because I think it would increase better travel, cheaper travel, mm-hmm. and faster travel. Right? Um Giving example of, like, look, let's look at Tesla. The combination of Tesla, the combination of driverless car, like, by like Google, mm-hmm. and then you add, like, Uber to that where you have pool rides, uh, and then, and you have like deliveries. So you can deliver stuff cheaper because the car is already going in a direction.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And then because they're operating on Tesla batteries then you know, it doesn't require a lot of fuel to operate on. And then it's also driverless. The cost will even go down. So with this, the economy will be much better. So even if you're learning on uh, making like minimum wage, your quality of standard will go up because everything that you want will be much cheaper in the future. Okay. So, like, I'll give you an example. If a burger will cost you five dollars, it might cost you three dollars in the future.
0: Because the robot can make it.
1: The robot can make it. So even if your salaries are low, the world will be a better placed. A medicine that will cost you a lot of money, but because of research, the med- the cost of those uh, medical will go down. The cost of transportation will go down. So the world is getting towards much much better place to live. So we're gonna be- so we're gonna have have-
0: to, we're gonna have to work less to to get the same or. Even more resources, right?
1: Certainly. I'll give you an example. Like if you are paying for your hydro, like you're paying hundred dollars because it's operated on a very inefficient method. But the same hydro might cost you ten dollars mm-hmm. if you have to travel from one place to another place. It might cost you like one tenth of whatever you were supposed to pay before. Okay. Right. So no, I think the world will basically better get into more better situation. Things will be much more stabilized than in the past because you'll be able to predict. Much faster than we were in the past,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah, I think the world will be much better place, and I think it's going toward. I think I was reading somewhere the world is actually at the best time of the of the history of mankind right now. Right now, it's the, okay. Yeah, right now it's the most peaceful right now. Even though, but because we see, we have so much social media, so we think the world is a bad place right now. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's the best place right now.
0: I mean, I think I think if you remember the Matrix, the the Matrix recreated uh, (laughs) recreated the world in nineteen ninety seven. So I guess we're uh, so I guess we're in a uh, in in exactly the right place for the machines to take over and put us into uh, put us into their pods.
1: Yeah, and it's coming. Like you know, it's not that John or Heathcliff can basically say, "Okay, no, I don't like it." Mm -hmm. It's just that either you join it or you just left behind, right? And we have to. And technology make our life easy. Like if you have a juicer, right? It makes your life easy. It doesn't make your life worse, right?
0: <laughs> a juicer, okay, cool.
1: Like, like, look at the cost of books, right? Yep. If I read, like, almost a book per week, mm-hmm. almost a week, because it cost me, like, a couple of bucks on, on Kindle, mm-hmm. right? But if I have to buy through all the books and, you know, like, store the books and, you know, go to a library to buy a book, I probably won't be doing that, in, in like, 10 years ago, right? But now I have ability to basically watch a uh, read a book whenever I want to, because technology have empowered me. So, overall, it's good for the economy.
0: Interesting. Yeah, so I guess the, yeah, I think, I think in that case, that's actually an interesting point. Like, I remember, I used to go to, um, I used to go to, whatchamacallit, I used to go to uh, Barnes & Noble, and I used to get four books uh, every couple, every couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, when I had, when I had, when I was basically started working. And now I get a couple books a week uh, I can download them. I grabbed, I grabbed a bunch of books on um, on the Stoics and Epicureanism, and all of them for ninety nine cents, uh, yeah. because they were all they were all op- uh, public domain anyway. Yeah. So I guess we're in a situation where learning and education is being spread uh, far more widely. So you're so in terms of what you expect to see, um, especially. And I want to talk a little bit about the Middle East and India, uh, uh, Canada. I think that's where you live. I think Canada is 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 probably going to be fine. They're they're high up in the <laughs> they're high up in the mountains mostly. Uh, but what do you what do you think is going to happen in uh, in the Middle East and India over the next uh, over the next fifteen years? I guess.
1: So India is in a very interesting situation right now. Like, I'll, uh, so let's look at Asia first, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I'm from Pakistan. So if you look at India, Pakistan, mm-hmm. Bangladesh, and China. Russia, Iran, like such a big population, such a big powerhouse are like next to each other,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? But they have They have a local political problem, which means that those areas would be unstable. Yeah. At the same time, if you look at the population, I think in India, China and Pakistan, I think 50 or 60% of the population is under 30, okay. right? And the, uh, it could be wrong, like, but it's around that, right? The massive population of in those countries is basically... Uh, under thirty. Mm-hmm. and I think that's like really and this is like opportunity for a lot of people there are more people learning English in, in India or China probably than US
2: mm-hmm.
1: right there are more smartphones in those countries so I think con, will shift from uh, to those regions which mean China, India and all those countries so I'm really excited about how innovation will happen in those regions because if you look at China like 10 years 15 years ago you were thinking China is just a copycat mm-hmm. and now look at it they're Taking over the world, they're coming over their own innovation. Sure. So they copied in the initial, and now they are basically taking over everything. Similarly, India, India started by uh, Tara just bought like a company like a couple of weeks ago. Now they are coming up and they learn from their mistakes, and they are like you know educating uh, because they are getting into innovation. Any any nation in the past who was the innovator, who was the forefront, was the leader in the world. Mm-hmm. So the the powerhouse might shift to those countries and. If you look at Middle East, like you know, Saudi Arabia, a lot of students in in, in Canada, and the US, they're from Saudi, Arabia. and in the past, the concept was the Saudis do not want to work. But I've, I've I've studied with those people. They're actually hardworking because they're changing. They don't want to be surviving on oil money. Mm-hmm. I think I think they're changing where they said, okay, now we have to innovate. We have to be like you know, it's not an easy place to live if you are just sitting sure, back exactly. in here. Uh, so they're realizing like you know, we have to work harder. And if you look at U.S. and if you look at, uh, I'll give you an example, if you look at U.S. and Canadian, a regular Canadian person, he's not as focused on career as a person in Pakistan, India, or China would be mm-hmm. because they want to excel. And anyone who comes from, immigrates from those areas to U.S. or Canada or any other Western country, those people really want to be, uh, those people run, really want to excel. They just wanna, don't want to survive. They go to best colleges. They work hard, and they basically are trying to make sure they uh, they're able to impact the world. Mm -hmm. So, in the future, yes, I certainly believe the powerhouse will change from from like U.S. or like you know uh, west to east, and it might happen faster than we can think. Like probably five to ten years.
0: Okay, interesting. So that's gonna be a it's gonna be a big move.
1: Yeah, 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 like a lot of companies are like like China. Like, who can rule out China right now? Mm-hmm. No one can rule out China or India right now. But go back like 15 years ago, who would have thought that companies would be thinking, okay, you know, we have to, can we survive? I was looking at Rockmail today. I think it was on Netflix. They said, can Netflix survive without China?
2: Hmm.
1: Like, this is a very bold statement. China is one country, right? Yeah. Who would have made that statement like 10 years ago? Can this company survive if they don't operate in China?
0: Interesting. Yeah. So, can. So I guess to go back to your to your initial statements uh, earlier on, can a world economy exist uh can a world economy exist without taking into account or can an American hegemony exist without taking into account the rise of the rise of the east? And I don't think yeah. it can. I think that's exactly what you just no. said, right?
1: No, they I think US China have the most amount of US dollars or like foreign reserves in the in the world, right? So as I said can any countries or can any company survive or become a big company if they don't operate in India and China? Mm-hmm. Like India and China both are like I think one third of the population of the world. Yep. Right. So can can a and 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 if you look at economics, like those people are spending a lot of money too. They are not like uh, economies in those countries are like massive
2: mm-hmm.
1: and. And, like, you know, I'll give you there. So, yeah, so I th- I think a lot of companies will go there. And, you know, like, now it's up to those governments because China has been very, very uh, strict about which companies can operate in China. Mm-hmm. Uh But, you know, like, certainly those countries are really, uh, they are being ruled out for the, like, you know, they were ignored for a lot of time. Yep. Uh, but now they're coming back with, like, force. And I think China is a wonderful example of how, uh, you know, like, how a nation can basically go from nothing to, like, a big. Uh, massive nation without even firing or doing anything; they were just yeah. low key. They didn't <laughs> make a lot of noise. They just ex- <laughs> they just existed. All
0: right, they just cool.
1: existed, like you know. But now look at Like imagine if China doesn't exist mm-hmm. for a moment, just exist. Like you know, you start your day, and in the next one hour, look at if oh, China doesn't exist, mm-hmm. man, <laughs> it would, it would <laughs> your be, life would be done. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we wouldn't. We wouldn't have oil. We wouldn't have plastic. We wouldn't have stuff. <laughs> right. You
1: probably would be on the street right now.
0: All right, I don't, I don't know if I don't know if we followed the mission exactly uh, in terms of in terms of being optimistic about the future, but I think I think we I think you you gave us some bracing and really interesting insights uh, on on what things are going to look like. So, where can people find some of the stuff that you've been working on?
1: Uh so you can go on ifani They can sign up for the newsletter. Uh, basically, my concept is the same too. I'm working on making sure the international trade can grow further. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's a big challenge if you have to transfer money from U.S. to Canada or Canada to China.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's still a very complicated space, right? Like, you know, what the currency rate would be today, what the currency rate would be in in the future. And even as I right now, you don't know what the other person will receive mm-hmm. uh, when the currency changes or what will happen. So I'm trying to fix these problems. I'm not sure what will – it's a kind of experiment. I don't know what will be the result of experiment, but I'm experimenting. Can we come up with a solution – where if you're doing international business, the currency does not fluctuate. Mm-hmm. So it's an experiment, right? So, sure. But I'm happy to keep people updated on eFani.com. E-F-A-N-I.com.
0: E-F-A-N-I. And yeah, sign, okay.
1: Yeah. Sign up for the new letter. I'll be keeping posting with my friend. But again, this is an experiment. and experiment have low expectations but of success. <laughs> but they have a high expectation of learning. Alright,
0: excellent. So very good. Asibawan, uh, founder of IFANI, e-f-a-n-i.com. This is Technotopia. Thank you very much, Asiv, for joining us.
1: Players. Thank you. Thank you. We'll bye.
0: See you guys next week. Bye bye.